Hey there, Rooster Teeth fans. Welcome to another episode of the Ruby After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight, we have a special treat for you. We are holding the uh, Ruby Chibi Spectacular. We are going to be breaking down all of the deleted scenes from Volume 5. Guys, it's going to get wild. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV super fan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin are we finally doing it we, yes. we finally get the chance to cut loose and talk about all of this delicious deleted material we yes. had all this wonderful ancillary canon that we just haven't discussed on this show it's been right there and we haven't been able to talk about it until now and now we're finally getting down to the nitty-gritty of it Guys, I can't express how excited I am to finally be getting into the into the real meat and lore of this series because we only ever really get the surface story. This is where all the world building is. So mm-hmm. let's not waste any time. Hey there, Rooster Teeth fans! For this week's Rooster Teeth reviews, we are going to be talking about Ruby Chibi and all of the secrets that all of these deleted scenes entailed. With me here tonight is my fantastic panel. To my left, Mark Donica. You almost went full Duke Weselton with that. <laughs> like, for your delicious canon secrets. Uh, hi, I'm the Internet's Mark B. Donica. You can find me on Twitter at Mark B. Donica. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get there. But one of the most amazing revelations of all of this complete 100% canon that we're talking about will have to wait. Because I'm going to introduce the person to my left, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. You can follow me all over the social medias at Kiaxe. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. And to my left, over there, <laughs> Megan Salinas. Hey, guys. Uh, you guys can tweet at me at the Mengwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Mark, I have to commend you on excellent planting and playoff later. Well done. I do what I can. <laughs> Sadly, Stacey Shuttleworth could not be here with us tonight. <laughs> she is under the weather. So please tweet her at Stacey Shuttles and send her your well wishes. Uh, there's been a terrible disease going around in Los Angeles. <laughs> it's called Everyone the is getting cold. <laughs> so please tweet her your well wishes. It's we less than 75 <laughs> degrees. It's essentially a nuclear winter. All of our immune systems just shut down. Uh, and we just can't function anymore. Um, and be sure to also follow Patrick at P to the D's on Twitter and all that fun stuff. I was like, does he have an Instagram? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. Think he does. Um, but yeah, he's also a part of the team. Uh, and we miss him dearly. So, guys, uh, we we do have some news that we want to get into right here at the top of the show. But you don't have to do the music cue. No, that's <laughs> not necessary. Uh, but while we're doing this show, we want to hear your guys' thoughts about Ruby Chibi, about these deleted scenes, and how uh, the tantalizing revelations that we get, what your guys' favorites are, uh, using the hashtag RWBYABTV or Rooster T- RT Reviews. Either one of those hashtags will work. Mark's got, Mark and Katie have you both covered on the live chat. So, yes, we have some news before we really start delving into things. Uh, it was announced two days ago that a couple updates regarding some shows for you Camp Camp fans out there. The Blu-rays for Season 1 and Season 2 are coming soon. We didn't get a definitive date, but it's nice to know that they're going to be available on Blu-ray I'm really excited, along with a lot of commentary tracks and behind yeah. the scenes. I'm I'm jazzed. I, I want those commentary tracks. Those are always the most fun of getting the DVD or Blu-ray of anything, is throwing on the commentary and listening to people either have really, really insightful discussions about the process, or just go completely off the rails. Like, th- there's no in-between on commentary tracks. Yeah, uh, I've been hearing uh, Michael talked a couple of times, has talked several times in Let's Plays about commentary tracks for Camp Camp, so I've just been waiting for the formal announcement, but apparently there was a period of time where they just talk about Taco Bell. (laughs) Uh, Are we surprised? No, because he showed up with Taco Bell, they talk about the favorite item menu, but then he had to go to the bathroom for an extended period of time for no discernible reason. Completely uh, unrelated completely, to the Taco Bell scenario. Completely unrelated. <laughs> With moss. Um, but, ooh, not that, <laughs> not that, not moss. that much moss. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's hard when, uh, especially with these, and we're, we're familiar with this quite quite a lot at this point, being Rooster Teeth fans, where uh, it's, uh, it's free content. Eventually free content, for the most part. But then they put out the DVD, and then you're like, oh... 
I can have all of this, like, already, for free, like, on my phone, on my this, on my that. But I'm getting that disc. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, for, for Red versus Blue specifically, it was always a joy to get the DVDs so that you could watch all the episodes as an extended movie. Yes. Um, and there are certain seasons where that is a really effective way to watch it. For Camp Camp, it is more episodic, mm. but... Um, but still, it's nice to have them all there, and all of that behind-the-scenes stuff, I think, is well worth the price. Mm. Sadly, for Red versus Blue, when you watch it as a movie, you miss the stuff they say over the end credits in a some lot of, of the, the earlier seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the I only drink the blood of my enemies and the occasional strawberry yoo-hoo. It is a credits thing, so if you've only ever watched the movie versions, like, where did that quote come I'm from? pretty sure Charge they Adlets. actually mm. did animate that part for that season. Yeah, there they were probably there were a couple did. there were a couple instances where the the ending bits were so good that they added anim, uh, machinimation uh for those bits. They can't this is true. They can't all stay, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Some of them go on way too long. Um but anyway, uh kind of more on the bad news side of things. And it's not terrible news. It's just a little disappointing is that Nomad of Nowhere, who we the show that we have all been super excited and super jazzed for, has been delayed until March 16th for first members. Mm. Um, that's a little disappointing, but at the same time, it, you have to take a step back and go, <laughs> guys, no, the reason that they're doing this is so that they can get it right. Mm-hmm. So that they can take as much care and refining as as much as they possibly can before they give us the final uh, the finished product. So on the one hand, I'm disappointed, but at the same time, the little bits that we've gotten, I'm like, you know what? I can be patient. It's okay. I can wait a couple. I can wait a couple more weeks. It's fine. Put that enthusiasm on the slow burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and apparently the same thing did happen with Camp Camp. Uh, which is one of the things they talk about on the commentary tracks and behind the scenes. So that'll be fine. Well, we've heard a lot about the infamous pilot that got completely reworked into the pilot that we saw that, that finally aired. So, yeah, I, I, it, it's one of those things that, that goes around a lot, especially in the uh, game development circles. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto of Nintendo is famously, famously quoted constantly now saying, um, a good delayed game... Uh, is is better than a a bad on time game or like a bad a bad game list forever, but a good game that's a little bit late. Assassin's forever. Creed Unity. I'm looking in your say, direction. That Loading one eyeballs. Assassin's Creed game where you could literally <laughs> fall through the floor, like yeah. that one. Yeah, when they have to patch it to make it functional, that's mm, that's disappointing. But uh, as <laughs> sort of a way to kind of uh, bridge that. That delayed gap. Uh, we're going to get more Rooster Teeth animated shorts, which is all, those are always fun. But even more fun is that we're getting Red versus Blue PSAs uh, for first members starting tomorrow, every Thursday. So I'm excited. Oh yeah, it's been a while since we've had a full-on PSA from Red versus Blue. It's mm. been at least two seasons, I want to say. Definitely not last season. Did they no. do any from Chorus? Well, they didn't do any for season 14 because that was an anthology, yeah, and so anthology it was like season. half PSAs. They um, were all PSAs. <laughs> I don't actually remember if they did any during season 13. Since season 13, Malachroma says. Wow. Oh, I yeah. trust them. So it has been two seasons, technically. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's no, been not, yeah. a while. What do you guys think, mm-hmm. though? What do you guys think? What important messages... Do the Blood Gulch crew need to impart onto the world? I think we're going to get a gun control one. <laughs> I, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, that's not Just bad. Yeah. One of those moments of it's timely and tragic, but also timely. And, and, mm. I know they've yep. already done one, but I feel like internet etiquette, like an updated internet etiquette. I think they've also oh done God. a gun control yes. one too. But either way, it's just taking some of the the classic stuff, sort of sort of what season fifteen was, which was just an update to the canon, catch everybody up, uh, fill everybody in on all of these eras, and and start fresh. I think they just there might these might be a refresh of the PSAs, and and they didn't mention who's directing them, but if it's if it's uh, our good old buddy. Uh, then maybe we'll have some sort of a connecting through line. What if it's the blues and reds instead of the reds and blues doing the PSAs? Ooh. Like back from the dead? Well, not... not <laughs> no, I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd love a seance. No. 
it like because we didn't get the PSAs from them. We That's got true. their versions of certain jokes in certain seasons. It's not going to happen. But what if it was the Blues and Reds and their versions of the the Bizarro PSAs? Uh, we have awesome. a note from chat from Please Clap, whose name makes me happy every time. Please clap. They showed a PSA at RTX Sydney. It starred Lopez, and it was great. Maybe it's that one. I'm in. Oh, I, excellent. I am immediately in. Excellent. Learning Italian with Lopez. <laughs> oh, no, that was the other one. <laughs> With the other Although, guy. I would love to hear Lopez teach Italian. <laughs> he's just so much fun. He is. He's, he's, one he's, of my he's more fun than he has any right to be. And there's just something about, like, when Red vs. Blue isn't on, I'm kind of like, yeah, I really enjoy the show, but I'm not like... But then when it comes back, it's like, oh, yeah, you're getting new Red vs. Blue tomorrow. Uh, my dial goes from 0 to 11. <laughs> it's like, there's a new Kingdom Hearts trailer. Really? All of those emotions and the fandom enthusiasm just comes back in a giant tidal wave. Yeah, the slow burn goes to full burn <laughs> in a heartbeat. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that just about does it for the news. Uh, before we get into the breakdown... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Do we finally get to talk about it? I wanted to, to tell our listeners okay. really quickly right. about Let's, iTunes. We have to wait! <laughs> We've waited so long! Slow your roll, Donica! It is... My roll has stopped. <laughs> My emergency roll break is on. The it's sooner no I get rolling. through no our iTunes, the sooner we can finally talk about it. So, Good. folks, thank you so much to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you, and it is the best way to let our producers know that you guys like the show that we're putting on and that you guys like it when we uh, talk about Rooster Teeth-related content. And if you do leave a comment in the iTunes store, we will give you a shout-out on the show. Uh, but not this week. No! Because <laughs> the only one that we have is somebody who's, who only watched one episode instead of the rest of them and gave us a really low rating. <laughs> and didn't get the idea of the episode. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I don't like you. I'll just be honest. You don't get it. You know what? Listen to more. They're living their truth right <laughs> now. I mean, but they didn't, but they weren't listening to our words no when you were in school <laughs> did you ever get from your teachers those things it's like there are long lists of instructions that start with read all the instructions on the page before you do anything and then it's all of the different steps are like draw a circle draw a square inside the circle do this do that do the other stand up and yell i'm first and then the very last instruction is disregard everything put your name on the paper and turn it in yeah, so you could, yeah. I, I feel like this is the person who drew the circle, drew the square, stood up and yelled, "I'm first, Did all of that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was a comment about our last week's uh, uh, Archie Docs episode, where the point of it was to give everybody one documentary to really deep dive on, and the rest of them we're we're just sort of casually promoting, chit chatting about them, and and this and that. Uh, they're like they didn't even watch all of them. So yeah, they didn't get it anyway. <laughs> Somebody missed the point. Uh, but that's none of my business. <laughs> By the way, um, just want to also give another shout out to uh, the creators of the documentary. Yeah, we got two, we got two oh, uh, wow. uh, responses from the one the production team and the director of all of the RT docs who checked out our our episode. Uh, it that that's one of the things where we we get those comments of people who don't get it to the people that we're we're shouting out and and discussing and and making sure that people are aware of their art and that's Alpheus Media uh, who sent us on Twitter so glad you're liking the RT docs props for ha the hashtag meme machine love in your rankings and then of course um, well that's another one that that I can't wait to talk about <laughs> later. Um, uh, but from Matt Hames, from from the director of of the majority of them, if not all of them, I but, think um, I think there were one or two that he didn't direct. Yeah. But for the most part, he uh, directed most of them. Uh, hey, thanks for dedicating a show to discussing Archie Docs. Appreciate the acknowledgement. Like hearing your reactions, and shout out to the Menguin and Stacey Shuttles for the meme machine love. Also, Mark Bidonica's personal connection to backyard wrestling. What up? And here's the thing: they were all good and all touching. We we yeah, I've seen them all. We yeah, we were we were kind of making fun for for a little bit. You know, we we like to joke around on this panel, but all of them were very. They were fantastic stories, and they were told beautifully. So well done, 
Well done, RT Docs team. You guys did a fantastic job. I'm you, you, you. so sad I missed that episode. <laughs> I wanted to talk about memes. I'm sorry. Kate. And everything else, but mostly memes. <laughs> <laughs> there were a but lot yeah. of fun memes to talk about. All there right, are. Mark, go, go ahead. Fight, win. Go. You, you, you've been so oh! excited. <laughs> ah, the lights. <laughs> Uh, Is that how we make the lights go? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me try it. Ah! Yeah, that's oh how you do it. Oh my god! It's exactly how you do it. Uh, it's like it's the only clapper, that, but better. It's only that tone. It's like a dog. It's like yeah, a dog it's, whistle. It's like um, clap on, clap off. Except but... it's the screamer. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's the thing: is is it's been a long uh, Ruby Chibi has been a well, a, just a, a gold mine of all of these answers. <laughs> like there, there are all these uh, 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 forgotten storylines, all of these characters that we don't see very often, and and. Uh, some of these interactions that we don't get in the main thing. And speaking of DVDs and DVD extras, where have these been on every single Ruby? Uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel like you know how there are a lot of lost films in in Hollywood history mm-hmm. that like because film preservation wasn't a thing, and then one day somebody just stumbles across like a locker full of these long forgotten films. I kind of feel like this is the Ruby equivalent. Like these were are treasures that were hidden away and somebody just unearthed them. I wonder if this isn't something where you know how sometimes uh, animated movies will break out. Well, here's our sketchboards and here's our animatics and here's our this. I wonder if they didn't have these all along and just cleaned them up for our consumption a little. Or, or I think it's something like, um, uh, I forget the, the episode of, of classic Doctor Who where they lost the video and yes. they only had the audio. So there might, there might have been something where they had, sort of like yeah. with that the, the round of the tournament where it was Sun versus Team Sun versus Juniper yeah. that they never yeah. animated. Yeah. This is just a bunch of the stuff that they went, well, we have, all of the actors have recorded we have we have all of this material how can we present it in a way that's fresh and new and and different and then that gets you a, a possibly a, little, a new audience a possibly a avant-garde yeah. storytelling and as in well. a different right. art style yeah yeah uh, definitely a way for their animators to try something new in in the same way that like camp camp and a lot of their other 2D animated shows are are all different in look and feel. They wanted to give the the anim- or perfect example red versus blue season 14. Mm. Like yeah. like just having kind of going on at it at a number of different artistic angles and they they tried one and they decided to stick with it just to make it more distinct from Ruby proper. Now, yeah, we are I guess the main question is if these are all scenes that were quote unquote cut for time, but then transformed in another avenue, like I guess the main question is whether or not deleted scenes are still considered canon. Because if you go to uh, if you watch a movie or a television show and there's a scene that ends up on the cutting room floor, mm. you know, unless it's presented to you in some way, you have no way of knowing that it's canon. I mean, if they were deleted for a reason, even if sometimes <laughs> that reason is just for time. Mm-hmm. I feel like most of these were for time. Yeah, I think they're probably right. Some some of the seriousness of uh, like like Nora. It, I, I always want more Nora. That, that that's of course, clear. Absolutely. And, and this and all of these all of this work all of this material uh, is is trying. It seems to me like it's trying to find the the end, like the the exact tip. How far can we go with Nora? And I think in the production of these, they found it, and then readjusted and went down to the level that Nora lives at now on the main show for now, some of these. It's also possible that even though all of these scenes are canon and and most were cut for time that because the show has gotten so dark uh for the end of volume 3, volumes 4, volume 5 that maybe these were set aside so that they would be less tonally dissonant. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all it's all still canon, but you have to remove them from the presentation because it's a different tone. It doesn't match tone-wise. Well, and I wonder if some of this stuff wasn't also something they created when the story was going to go in a different direction. Because mm. we get some, some of these deleted scenes contradict some of what we have for canon, and 
you can't really keep both. It's it's like if you've ever seen the documentary behind the Emperor's New Groove, the Disney movie, it was initially oh, going to be Kingdom of the Sun, and it was going to be something completely different. It was, and it was very reworked. Prince and the Popper. It's exactly. A, they reworked the whole thing. I want to say it's called the Sweatbox. <laughs> No, no, no! I'm I'm being serious. I, I think I, you're right. I, I think, think it's called is. the Sweatbox. It's a really I good you documentary. Were no, no, no! Wow. I'm being 100 percent no. serious. It's and it's a lot of Disney animators going. This experience sucked, <laughs> but they even interviewed like, Sting. Like Cam Griffin says, Isma's cut song is amazing. It it's called really "Snuff is. Out the Light." Y'all should look it up. Uh, the fact awesome. that we don't get it, but we still get the wonderful performance that we do get from Eartha Kit. It's still a travesty. It's oh, I, guys, it's so good. I have to go. I know we've been waiting for forever to do this, but I have to go and listen to this song. But I mean, and in the original Aladdin, Jafar had three different songs that they were trying to work as a villain song, and they cut all of them, and then we got the reprise that we got. So something similar to that. I wonder if a lot of what we have here wasn't created in the process of workshopping the show. Like we're going to go in this direction, and it was only at a later date that they went. Oh, we changed the story, so this can't stay. So I guess what we need to do now, uh, we can't go through every one of these in great detail, but we do want to definitely, for season three, uh, the the episodes that have been released for this third season, we can dig into those a little bit more in detail. But broad stroke-wise, let's talk about seasons one and two. Mm -hmm. Guys, what was your main takeaway from season one? I like there's so much. I uh, can I can <laughs> I go ahead was, and get the ball rolling? Go can ahead, I, go for yeah, it. I mean, you're the lead. Please do. Uh, I the for me, and I I completely understand. Again, talking tonally wise, why this was cut, but I really feel like revealing that Pira survived the events of Volume Three. Oh, well, then, then let's clear something up. Yes, is yes. is less of is it. Is this parallel? Where does the line of Chibi uh, uh, this this end? Are they trying to keep it in? Sorry, if they try to are they trying to keep it in the um, in in everybody in their attires from the from a lighter time, or is this the stuff that happened in between season two and three? Is this the stuff that that happened in or, between? Not to get all film theory on it, but maybe what this actually is is a. Bre- is Nora breaking from reality? Because we we That's do have that. Uh, yeah. yeah. This this is this is Nora coping. <laughs> yeah. It's because there's some there are a few things that are shown within both seasons 1 and 2 mm-hmm. for Nora specifically that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Please. Because not only does she have this sense of denial that anything bad could ever happen to Pira, she's full denial mode to the point where she goes nothing bad ever happened ever and it's almost like she's addressing the viewer directly then later in season one she has one too many cups of coffee and it's like she gets a peek behind the veil and then in season two it's a good pun peek behind the veil <laughs> hey. oh, I myself. <laughs> she meant that that's actually written here I've got it in the show notes she wrote it don't she said yeah <laughs> She gets a glimpse of the Rooster Teeth store, as it is. Mm. Now, here's the thing. Is Nora and her steadily decreasing mental state and her clinginess to Ren, is this a result of her losing her mind and and it's just a slow rate of deterioration? Or is it that she actually has gotten a peak outside of her reality into our own in kind of a never-ending story sort of way. Well, it's not the first time that Rooster Teeth has had something of a fourth-walling character. They've uh, made mention that Caboose is aware of the fact that they're all kind of fictional and they're all kind of in a video game, and that's why he is unmoored from reality and treats everyone around him like stubborn cats. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did that again with Nora, she seems like the type of Pinkie Pie Deadpool character that you could do that with a little bit and kind of get away with it. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> You're stewing a little bit, Mark. Yeah, I'm stewing Deep a bit. Thoughts. But, uh, somebody in chat, and unfortunately it did pass by, uh, somebody said, like, as, as we were talking about the um, the different <clears throat> leveling of Nora and seeing how far 
going with her character can go. What if we go as they go as far as to putting Nora in an RVB PSA? Oh, <laughs> like as the limit <laughs> of testing the cross reality because <clears throat> we know that there's a something that happens in every every Chief show is there is that crossing over of. It's media somewhere. The X-Ray and Vav comic in uh, Tuxin's book trade, uh, and even the... Achievement Hunter poster on the wall. Uh, well, they're the, like the, the Chivo guys yeah. or something. Yeah, something, but not well, quite. Yeah. Not, yeah. And as we'll get into when we talk about season three, uh, certain potential actual establishments... No, 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 no. <laughs> it's earlier. Oh. Because Ruby is reading a Camp Camp comic and goes, ah... Crazy kids. So does Camp Camp exist as a form of entertainment in the world of Ruby? I'm still going. It's all connected. Sorry. sorry. Still going. Go ahead. Uh, ahead, So the fact that uh, we have a printed account of Camp Camp to the point where in season three now we have Jean singing the theme song. Now, uh, what we know is the theme song. However... Uh, Jean also is is kind of similar to Disney Princess David, uh, <laughs> and and I'm wondering if Ruby isn't reading a Camp Camp comic, but is reading a magazine article about this about camp, camp Campbell? about Camp Campbell, of which Jean has visited. So as a result, Camp Camp and Ruby do exist in the same universe. So what would John's camp have been then? Would it have been like self-defense camp or oh, I, art I, camp? I think it, it would probably, sorry sorry for a little bit of a spoiler if you don't watch a lot of camp camp, but it probably would have been a similar thing to uh, what Max is there to do. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah. And then John forms a really good relationship with, with the counselor there. I don't know what it is, David. You just get me. <laughs> what? <clears throat> I, uh, now this is going further. What if what if Camp Camp is a Jean Arc production? A semi-biographical Jean Arc production where he writes himself as the <laughs> Sorry, uh Paul Crowman just got me in, in chat. Uh it's fifty shades of uncalled for. Um But uh, writing himself as the the badass kid character that he always wanted to be on the outside with the true feelings on the inside. That's now that's that's an entirely different conversation, a one hundred percent serious and accurate and canon conversation for another day. Well, yes. that's just Hang something on. I wanted to bring up. Miraculous Corazon in chat says Jean did say that he and his sisters used to go camping all the time. Now maybe he's, he's writing his sisters into the other campers. I'm wondering also if this is a possibility. He went to Camp Campbell. They were flower scouts. Oh. Wait, wait! Didn't he? Didn't he say that he had a pretty good relationship with his sisters? Yeah, he did. But as we also say, he had to he had to purposely be annoying as a as a mechanism to survive. That's true. But even if you have a good relationship with your siblings, sometimes you really just have to lean on the song that gets on everybody's nerves. Mm. You That's know? very true. Or maybe it. even if he does have a good relationship with them, he's always secretly been jealous of them. So he unconsciously wrote them as sort of villain. Villainous characters. Now, now again, well, we 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 have we have limited time. We, we do. Let, we do. Uh, and We've as much as I want to deep down that rabbit hole, as much as I want to talk about Cam Camp all all damn day, uh, uh, <laughs> let's let's try to we stay do. in the Ruby deleted scenes, one hundred percent canon deleted scenes. There's uh, there's another there's another thing from season one that I definitely want to talk about, and that's the moment where there's sort of a very Shakespearean play within a play, and much like the world of Remnant fairy tale that we got, you know, very much added to the world to the lore and the world. Building, I feel like this production of Little Red Riding Hood really gives us some good insight. However, I also understand the perspective of maybe this being a little bit too on the nose. You know how we've never really gone full fairy tale with any of the given characters like Little Red Riding Hood and Goldilocks. It's always been little references. Do you guys think this play added to the world building or do you guys feel like it was too on the nose and too blatant. I think it might have been a little too on the nose, and I think that might have been why they cut it. Like, the fandom is pretty smart. We don't really need the show going, symbolism! For, for us to get That's it. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, it's... it. 
Ruby fans are smart. <laughs> they can put things together pretty pretty well. Oh yeah. Or at least I hope they can. <laughs> Shout out to our audio listeners who can't, who can't see this. See the the eyebrows waggling. But you should subscribe to After Buzz Animation on YouTube. Absolutely. <laughs> How about you, do Mark? A little bit of ASMR there. What do you What do you think? Do you Do you think this play was too too blatant? Um, a little bit. I, I think it was a, a little bit uh, on the snout, if you will. But uh, I think my favorite thing about it is is uh, the the characterization of Oz that that we yes. get for this is where he's a willing participant. But he still he plays along until he can make a power move. That's what that's what it seems like uh, Oz that a characterization that we're getting a little bit in season five where it's uh, oh sure yeah I'll help I'll be yeah yeah but you're gonna be in trouble later <laughs> season two in particular uh, a little bit in season one but season two in particular <clears throat> uh, seems to be a lot more open about showing Oz as a very flawed character which is something yes. we're we're really only getting now in Ruby about how fallible he is and how you know he he once said he made a more more mistakes than any man ever ever alive and now we're kind of getting to see how what kind of mistakes he made and so it's it's great that season two of Chibi is kind of leaning into that a little bit. Well, and again, I'm wondering if some of these weren't written while they were still workshopping the story, because this is a side of Ozpin that we don't see as often in the sto- in um, in actual Ruby in the scenes that have not been cut. Improper volumes. Thank you. Yeah. I'm losing words tonight. So I'm wondering if it wasn't cut for that reason. Like, we're going to go this direction with Ozpin. Actually, no, we're going to go over here. All of this stuff needs to go. Yeah, this just seems that uh, a lot of this stuff is, well, this character didn't get a chance to interact with this other character. Let's give them this interaction and... and, uh, Flesh out their relationship. Flesh out their relationship. Yeah. So, okay, we need to move on to season two. Do you guys have any final thoughts on season one? The one thing for season one that really threw me, and I'm honestly trying to figure out if this was going to be in the initial season one, or if Rooster Teeth is just making us go crazy with conspiracy theories, because they've been known to do that, is that moment where they treat the whole thing like it's been a sitcom the whole time. Uh. Like... See, that that is a weird bit of fourth walling. I think that was to throw everybody off. I think you're right. About the real underlying purpose of this series. I I also kind of looked at it, maybe this is just my interpretation, but I, I looked at that as the episode of Scrubs where they, they created a laugh track. Like it was an homage to that particular episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm going off the deep end with that one. It's um, possible. Well, well, really really quickly, um, while we're transitioning, Kane's child in, in chat says, uh, what about the chibi episode where the girls are calling Ozpin out on being oblivious while Cinder and friends are actively sabotaging the chibi logo? I think that's... That's the beginning of season two. Yeah, but but yeah. I think that's what, you, what you're referring to with the avant-garde nature and letting uh, the, the animators and the writers really get to express themselves mm-hmm. with the story material. Hey, you've got 30 seconds to get this point across. Well, here's how we're going to do it. <laughs> the only other thing I want to bring about up about season one is that I really wish we could have seen more of Torchwick's side gigs and his little schemes, his, his like phony business ventures, like Torchquick's energy drink, and yeah. then the the phony law firm he and Neo established. So those were all those were all fantastic, and I wish we could have gotten more of that in Ruby proper. But it's it's one of those things where this avenue allows us to see these relationships exactly. and. Like we're we're introduced to Torchwick and he he doesn't feel like uh, this throwaway criminal mastermind. Yeah. So he's just like, oh, they present him as this guy. But how did he get his start? Where did where did this guy come from? How did he how did he make his rise? And we got a chance to see that in the series. It's also fun seeing just how many wheels he had spinning at the time of his demise. Well, and- God, I miss him. Yeah, <laughs> everyone does. <laughs> What I'm wondering about for these, because on one hand, you look at these deleted scenes and you get to see so much more about all these characters that we know and love and that maybe we're not seeing much of anymore. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen Neo in a while, but we've gotten so much development for her in these cut scenes. And so 
what the difficult thing to parse for these is how much of it was actual intended development and how much of it do we have to leave out of our understanding of the characters as they are right now like how much of what we're seeing here no longer applies and that that's a hard line to walk yeah i think <laughs> the the mercury scene <coughs> From this most recent <laughs> released episode, which we can't talk about yet because it's a it's still technically only. a first thing. But I think the only oh, it's th- canon. the only one hundred percent the only thing that kept I think the only thing that kept that from being in the show was the fact that Torchwick is in that scene. I yeah. think that's the only thing keeping that from being in the show. It is one of the closest things to actual character, and even and even then, uh, uh, Mercury sounds just like Neil. Ugh, that was a delight. So that's one of those things where is is that Jean pulling from some? All right, we're, sorry, I'm off camp. Camp. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm it's off. Okay. It. It's, it's okay. It's not here anymore. So. <laughs> we're never <laughs> off camp. Camp. Yeah. Never. All right, let's we're move on over camp. into you season two. Camp. We're gonna have to speed camp through season forever. two. Uh, in if we're gonna if we're gonna talk at all about the the season three episodes, I feel like the main thing from season two to take away that we haven't kind of already touched about is that we we get more scenes of Ty and Crow and what their relationship is like raising two girls. Mm-hmm. And what I found very interesting, and this isn't something that I necessarily would have inferred just from watching the regular volumes, is how much of a rivalry they actually have. How much they actually care about one-upping each other or looking cool. You know, it doesn't really surprise me given their respective personalities. I Though I feel like Crow instigates most of it just by being there. And being himself. See, it makes me question even more what happened with Team Stark. Like, what scenes of Team St- There's still so many questions about how that team fell apart. Oh, this, yeah. I think this is the avenue to, you know? This is a place where where uh, deleted concepts, developing concepts, developing characters get a chance to flourish and live and show. Like, what if... Uh, since we're already in the beginning of season three, but what if season four is the flashback season where we finally get to see some of that stuff flesh out? Now, because we've we've been getting a lot less, uh, if, if at all, we haven't been getting any. Um, excuse me. Um, what do they call it? Uh, the, what was the history? World of Remnants. World of Remnants. Yes. We weren't getting the, a lot of World of Remnants, and then all of a sudden, this series pops up. Yeah. I, I feel like that's not a coincidence. A little too convenient. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe maybe that's something that we can look forward to more here in season three. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and it's a through line throughout all of season two, is the battle of the bands and the sort of climax that yeah. we get with that. I didn't realize any one of our characters besides Weiss was mm. musically inclined. Even Torchwick and the rest of the villains really seem to have an affinity for music. And I'm amazed that uh, this is the most non-hostile interaction with our villains that I think we've had in normal Ruby or in the deleted scenes. And not only that, and it's going back to season one a little bit, unless I'm mixing up my seasons, but learning that the Grimm can speak, that changes everything. Well, not even just that, but they canonized the shadow people yeah and how how the the shadow people what what the shadow people are and the fact that they they're they acknowledge that and they're not they're 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 actual beings they might be clones this might be a kingdom hearts-esque nobody situation shadow situation where the strongest people have shadow versions of themselves you know what what if this is what happens to people who get killed by grim or or guys What's a little bit more unsettling to think about is that the Shadow People existed in the world of Ruby for the first couple volumes. We get this, and we finally get acknowledged that, yes, those are weird-looking people. It's weird that they're silhouette-shaped and that some of them are look kind of look like us. And then in volumes four and five, and I think three as well, the Shadow People don't exist anymore. What happened to them? Oh, we found them an island like Menagerie, and they just shuttle them all off there. And it's another cover-up! Oh, my God. Dude, 
That's upsetting. That's pretty upsetting. The world of... Re- I'm I mean, sorry. I covered my mouth at the microphone. You know... That's pretty upsetting. I bet Atlas is behind this. Because they're all... Re- they're getting ready to put up their walls and have a total lockdown. Of course they would cart off a group of people that doesn't conform to their ideals off to another but are island. But are they getting rid of them? Or are they... Uh, are they supplying them with weaponry? Oh! oh. <laughs> and joining the army? Are the shadow people inherently dangerous, or were they just purported to be dangerous in order for this mass deportation to occur? See, this is what happens when you don't watch Ruby Chibi. You miss this huge, all this canon stuff. We're getting, we should have talked about this in our preview of season six episode. We definitely should have. I'm kicking (laughs) myself. See, Kate's chop. The shadows got shipped to the dragon continent. That's what I was just about to point out. And they're... They're being added to uh, to Salem's army. They're being fed to the Grim as they spawn. Oh my god! Baby animals are hungry. That's monstrous. Ah, that's gr- mm, that's I don't like that. Monstrous. Um, well, I, I will say, uh, going back to the Battle of the Bands thing, I do think that um, this world is so focused on art and color and and stuff. So I think it might be one of those things that we're learning about the world where it's just a part of life where somebody knows how to play an instrument. <laughs> or how to sing or, or something like that. It it may just be a part of the world that they're starting to hint at that we haven't gotten a world of remnant at, and because we didn't get a world of remnant about it, we got an entire season of Ruby Chibi about it. Uh Kane's Child in chat says it ties into the theme of the priority of creativity on Remnant after the Great War. I love that. That's fantastic. Well, well said both of you. <laughs> yes, well. <laughs> yes. Thank you, chat. <laughs> um uh, we already talked about uh, Nora. I guess um, we can talk about the fact that the world of Remnant seems to have very similar holidays to our old world. They yeah. uh, Halloween is something that exists in in this world, and it's Ruby's birthday. Yeah, Aww, which was so which sweet. Miles confirmed. Miles confirmed that that is canon. Which is part of the reason why we're talking about this whole stuff is exactly. because there yeah. is canon in this. They say if that's canon, what else in here is was taken as canon? Welcome to the show. Yep. Everything Ruby is Busters. the answer. <laughs> Everything is the answer. Well, hold um, on, really? Sorry, before we get so far away from, from the Shadow People, Wilfred Cartano or the Shadow People were just rats jumping off the ship before <gasps> Beacon fell. They, they knew, knew that something bad was going to happen, so they were like, yo, we're going to that dragon continent. <laughs> and they didn't warn anyone. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! So they are inherently evil. <laughs> oh. completely... Changes my entire view of the first couple seasons. We're changing the show to Conspiracy Watch, like Rooster Teeth Conspiracies. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have to it's redo consp- this graphic. I'll have it done by tonight. <laughs> just post it on there below uh, fifty-seven. No, we and, just and Red versus We just 13. need six pieces of paper. We'll just slap it on the TVs at the time. Now it's Conspiracy Time. <laughs> Someone I'm, get the yarn. I'm starting mm-hmm. to feel like with the the cross media Easter eggs. I'm starting to feel like a little bit like it's a J.J. Abrams production in that like I'm looking for Tagarado's in charge of everything. At, at one point, uh, the junior detectives were talking and heard something on the radio, and they referred to it as a four seven niner. Like that. That's a very that's like that's a deep red versus blue cut. I'm telling you, they're going to start putting slusho and everything. Like, call it Dusto or something. Everyone's going to be drinking it. Or we'll start getting the... I mean, well, every... Isn't it weird how every... Oh, this, huh, this is going into a conspiracy thing. But I just find it weird. Isn't it weird how every uh, major animated Rooster Teeth show has had some sort of a gag with a coffee cup? A little bit. Because we've, we've got Oz with his, we've got Max with his nope, and then we've got from the base back at, at, at RVB with the, the uh, uh, to God, there's thir- 15 <laughs> seasons. You'd think I'd remember something. Um, was it uh, the, the director's cup? Is that what I'm Well, the director's of? cup, but then there was also a thing where they were trying to sneak and the cup falls over and then nothing happens. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot we can <laughs> dig into. Okay. Hold, on, hold on, Steve, really quickly while you're paying attention. Ah! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and oh, a special uh, welcome to all of our late viewers <laughs> that don't get that callback. <laughs> um, so the, I guess oh. the only other thing I want to bring up is that Chinese. for a brief moment, they allowed in the nondescript holiday uh, episode that they did, they allowed Torchwick a very brief moment of humanity. I was wondering if they were 
potentially setting him up for a redemption arc that ended up ultimately getting scrapped. I wonder if this wasn't their initial idea for how he was going to die. <laughs> Via heart attack. Yeah. I've experienced joy for the first time and, and goodwill. And I it. Physical heart enlargement. That my now smoldering carcass couldn't handle. Look, magic exists on this idea. show. So. <laughs> All right. Let's let's dive more into uh, season three for, for the very short amount of time that we really have left. just really quick. Um, so, yeah. Why is it that in these extra bits, we still get things that end up on the cutting room floor? I wanted to see that bank robbery. Well, we see it piece by piece by piece. Is that the through line for this season? I think this might have been, uh, this might be a what if sort of thing if the girls didn't break up. If they stayed together, what they could truly be capable of, and it's crime. Wait, multiverse? Like, there's another, an, uh, like, a turn-left scenario where they they chose to stay together instead of go, go their separate ways, and this is just a universe where that happened. I think you're right, because it seems to also include arson. And we saw Yang break up a club in the yellow trailer, and this just seems to be the much more extreme version Guys, of it. I just realized that episode that we talked about earlier with Nora... Uh, and the cup of coffee, she saw through multiple dimensions, all of which presented a different scenario. Every episode of Ruby Chibi could be a different universe. Cam Griffin and Chet says, Ruby Chibi is Earth 2 Ruby. So we're in some Cloverfield Paradox territory. A little bit. Spoilers. Available now on Netflix. (laughs) Spoilers. Come on, Katie. for like three weeks. (laughs) But yeah, Every single one of these episodes could be a different universe. So somebody, Pepsi Fan Twenty Four says, "Damn it, Barry Allen! What? <laughs> it, well, no, but Ruby's semblance is speed. <gasps> what if oh, every no. time she activates it, she changes the the entire landscape of the world, a la the Speed Force, and arrives in a different area? At, which it's is Ruby Point." Which is why Crisis on Infinite Remnants. Which is why oh, the art sorry. style is so different because this is just a, a, a universe so far removed from the the one that we're accustomed to that this is just how everyone looks. This was like just a different evolutionary path. Oh my I gosh, guys! All right, we, I did, feel did like we just crack this? I think we did. I Holy think we cow. did. So I think now's the time. Uh, do we have any final thoughts on what we have for this season so far? Uh, the revelations before... tonight have been insane and will change the course of fandom discourse forever. Five ever. I, Five ever. I ship uh, Cinder and Ty now. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm also happy that we have Karen, sorry, Cardin back. <laughs> yes. Because I, I, I asked Adam, are we ever going to see Cardin again? He said, no. But... <laughs> Here we are, and we've got Cardin Winchester back. All right. And I guess his name is Karen in this Earth 2 version. All right, guys. uh, If that's our final thoughts, then I suppose now's the time to say, hey, we've had a lot of fun here tonight. Uh, We've had a lot of fun getting to talk about Ruby Chibi, but there's something we want to talk to you guys about tonight, and that's commitment to the bit. This, at this very moment... All across Los Angeles, there are thousands of comedians doing thousands of bits that they are all committed to who don't have audience members. So, please, if you have a loved one who's doing a bit, support them and laugh at that bit. Please laugh at that bit. Please laugh please at laugh. this bit. Please laugh. Please, please clap. Please clap. And so if they ask you for feedback, consider. Constructive criticism. Nurture that bit. Love it. Nurture their love of comedy. So yeah, last week we were like, oh, we've got we've got a week, we've got a week to fill. Let's talk about Chibi. No, 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 no. Let's not just talk about Chibi. Let's talk about Chibi. Uh, Now the coolest thing is was we started talking about this on Sunday, and my favorite response that we got is from Ruby Chibi writer Tom Alvarado. Who, in response to all of this, just left the thinking, the, th- the yeah. pensive emoji. 
<laughs> uh, real talk, though, there was uh, there was a Ruby AMA a couple weeks ago, and we do want to talk to you guys about that. But sadly, we are out of time this evening. Let us know if you guys want to hear us discuss the AMA in a later RT Reviews episode. In the meantime, thank you guys for going on that journey with us, for saying yes and with us. <laughs> Katie, where can people go if they want to find you? People really were yes anding like crazy in the chat. Like, you guys, congratulations. And to the people who are late, thanks for sticking around. <laughs> <laughs> for the people who didn't quite get the screamer joke, we're here for you and we love you. I'm Katie Cullen. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on Twitch and YouTube at Kiaxe. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you want reactions to these chibi episodes, the YouTube channel is where they live. Uh, Star Wars Rebels series finale is on Monday, as is the Voltron season. Yeah, Voltron season opener. And of course, we'll be back here next week, same Ruby times, same Ruby channel. And actually, because because of the delay of Nomad of Nowhere, we have a couple more weeks to fill. (laughs) Yep. We'll just be up here, like, tap dancing. But there's something coming, and you better be ready for it. Stay. But until then, you can follow me uh, on Twitter, at Mark B. Donahue. You can follow Stacy at Stacy Shuttles. Uh, we do a show, and with and Patrick, you, and Peter the D's, we do a game talk show called uh, Inventory Full PT. You can find us on Twitch, at Inventory Full PT. Uh, I'm going to be streaming some fighting games over the weekend. I picked up some some new releases, and that's going to be fun. Uh, but, ew, that's Oh, that's funny. Uh, uh, you forgot to stick my finger in my nose at the end of the PSA. Uh, <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> that's okay. I think that's still behind first wall. Either way, um, uh, thank you everybody for, for watching this episode and supporting us. Um, please join our group on the Rooster Teeth site. Uh, we're going to be using the journals a little bit more to update. Um, and please share all of our previous episodes. And if you missed our ones from the past couple of weeks that are sort of the or the, the random ones, we've got the manga review, season six uh, review or, or preview, as well as our RT docs that we did last week. Uh, we took a mini dive into those, but please check out all of those episodes and follow us uh, on Twitter at ABTV Rooster Team. RTX is coming. And boy, do we have nothing planned. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. It's just a joke. <laughs> I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I also do a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. Um, I also did, uh, finally got released. Guys, be sure to check out on YouTube, uh, Apparitions, a fictional podcast thing where I do the voice of the main character, Adeline. You can follow that at static underscore stations if you want to check that out. So, uh, yeah, go, go do that. Thank you guys so, so much for watching. We will see you all next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 